0: Hello and welcome to the Rhesus Medicine Podcast, with me, Dr. Rhys Welnerchuk, where I take medical topics and try to make them easier to remember. These podcasts are based on the YouTube videos and PDFs are available on Patreon. With that being said, let's get on with it. Hemochromatosis is a multi-system disorder as a result of excess iron and its deposition within tissues. Iron is absorbed in the gastrointestinal tract, primarily in the small intestine, where divalent metal transporter 1, DMT1, facilitates absorption into the enterocytes, as Fe2+, or a ferrous cation. From there, the iron is either stored as ferritin, or passes into the blood, via the transporter ferroportin, and once in the blood is bound to transferrin and taken to the bone marrow for erythropoiesis or to macrophages for storage. Hepcidin is a protein produced in the liver that binds to and causes degradation of ferroportin. It also degrades DMT1, meaning less iron being absorbed into the enterocytes. Overall, 10 to 20 milligrams of iron daily is included in a typical western diet. Around 10% of which is absorbed and around 1 milligram is also lost daily in shedding of gastrointestinal cells. But there is no specific mechanism that allows the body to excrete more iron. In hemochromatosis, there is either an excess in iron absorption or excess exogenous intake and in hereditary hemochromatosis, particularly, the genetic abnormalities are ultimately linked to hepcidin activity, which we'll look at more specifically shortly. The excess absorbed iron is deposited in tissues, particularly the liver, heart, pancreas, anterior pituitary and joints, and it catalyzes the formation of free oxygen radicals, leading to tissue injury. In the liver, Iron-associated lipid peroxidation causes apoptosis of hepatocytes, then Kupffer cells, the specialized macrophages in the sinusoids, activate and release pro-inflammatory cytokines, causing stellate cells to produce collagen and so ultimately fibrosis and cirrhosis of the liver. We normally think of hemochromatosis as hereditary, but it can also be secondary. Hereditary has four main types. Type 1 is classic hereditary hemochromatosis, also known as HFE-related hemochromatosis, inherited in an autosomal recessive pattern. Most cases are due to homozygous C282Y mutations in the HFE gene on chromosome 6. HFE is involved in regulation and expression of hepcidin, and in this case, gene expression of hepcidin is too low. It has a homozygous frequency of 1 in 200 in northern Europeans, however far fewer than this actually show symptoms. It is rare in African or Asian populations. Type 2 is known as juvenile hemochromatosis and is a rare autosomal recessive disease affecting the HJV or HAMP genes coding for hemoglobin and hepcidin on chromosomes 1 and 19 respectively. Type 3 is also a rare autosomal recessive version affecting the transferrin receptor 2 gene on chromosome 7. And type 4 is autosomal dominant, affecting the SLC40A1 gene on chromosome 2 that disrupts the ability of ferroportin to bind with hepcidin. Secondary causes include excess iron supplementation, chronic blood transfusions that may be seen in sickle cell disease or congenital cydroblastic anemia, and hemoglobinopathies like thalassemia can lead to iron overload even without chronic transfusions. Although it may be inherited, signs and symptoms may not develop until adulthood, and can even be longer in females, as menstruation causes roughly 1mg per day of iron to be lost, which may mask the underlying pathology. Overall, males and females have on average 3.5 grams and 2.5 grams respectively of total body iron, with symptoms of hemochromatosis becoming evident at roughly 10 to 20 grams. Despite variations of the underlying causes and mechanisms, the overall clinical consequences are similar for the different types. Systemic manifestations are amongst the most common, seen in 75%, such as fatigue, weakness and lethargy, and liver disease in the same amount, which can feature hepatomegaly and abnormal liver function tests. However, these are not specific and may indicate other causes of liver injury. Over time, the liver damage can lead to cirrhosis and its complications, for example jaundice and pruritus, edema and even portal hypertension, ascites and development of varices. Skin hyperpigmentation is seen in 70% of cases, usually beginning as a bronze discoloration that progresses to grey and can involve the inside of the mouth. Diabetes mellitus is seen in 25-50%, to 50%, which may be due to pancreatic iron deposition or from cirrhosis itself. And erectile dysfunction is seen in 45% of males, as hypogonadism is the second most common endocrine disorder in hemochromatosis, behind diabetes. Arthropathy is seen in 40%, particularly in the second and third metacarpophalangeal joints, and cardiomyopathy is seen in 15%, which can feature heart failure or arrhythmias, particularly atrial fibrillation or sex sinus syndrome and dilated cardiomyopathy. A diagnosis may be suspected clinically. It can often be an incidental finding or be the result of screening in people with a family history. The diagnosis involves laboratory iron studies, particularly transferrin saturation, with values less than 45% having a 97% negative predictive value for iron overload. And know that the transferrin saturation may rise before iron stores expand and ferritin rises. Ferritin is done to assess the magnitude of the iron excess, Ranging from less than 500 nanograms per milliliter in mild cases to more than 1000 in severe cases, with a low risk of disease development if less than 1000 nanograms per milliliter. Bear in mind that ferritin is an acute phase reactant and so may be raised in isolation in periods of inflammation. Genetic testing is then done primarily looking for HFE gene mutations. However, non-HFE gene testing is not so readily available. If it's positive, then the liver should be assessed for fibrosis and cirrhosis, which can include imaging like a fibroscan or MRI elastography, and a biopsy looking for iron content. Other tests can include a fasting blood glucose as part of a workup for diabetes, an ECG and echocardiogram for cardiomyopathy, and sex hormones such as testosterone follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone due to the association with hypogonadism. Treatment depends on the clinical manifestations and degree of iron overload. One in three untreated, middle-aged C282Y homozygotes with ferritin below 1000 nanograms per milliliter progress to having ferritin levels beyond this. All patients should be given lifestyle advice to reduce dietary iron and avoid iron and vitamin C supplementation and avoid alcohol. A staging system does exist to help stratify this, but is based on the presence of C282Y homozygosity. Stage zero features normal iron studies and no clinical symptoms. This typically involves monitoring every three years, including repeat ferritin and fasting serum transferrin. Stage 1 features increased transferrin saturation above 45% with normal ferritin and no clinical symptoms. This also requires monitoring, but is instead done every year. Stage 2 also features increased transferrin above 45%, but with increased ferritin, without any clinical symptoms. Stage 3 includes the same as Stage 2, but in addition also includes clinical symptoms that are affecting quality of life, such as impotence and arthropathy. And stage 4 includes the same as stage 3, but features any clinical symptoms manifesting organ damage that can lead to early death, like cirrhosis, cardiomyopathy, or diabetes. Stages 2, 3, and 4 require phlebotomy regimens, typically with initially weekly phlebotomy before reaching a maintenance phase to keep a ferritin level of 50 to 100 nanograms per milliliter, phlebotomy involves removing blood, which then stimulates further production of red blood cells, which causes iron to be used. It is contraindicated in patients with anemia, heart disease, or difficult venous access, and so iron chelation therapy is instead preferred, such as deferasirox.